Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi there. I'm Maris Kord, President and CEO of Wabish Mining. Uh, Wabish uh, trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol WM. We've been uh, exploring on our uh, flagship project, uh, Fenelon, in Quebec, uh, in the Abitibi region of Quebec. Uh, over the past three years, we have made two discoveries and with the acquisition of Balmoral, uh, we now control over uh, 97 kilometers uh, along this underexplored belt that starts from the Ontario border where the D2 Lake mine is, all the way over to the uh, Quebec side near the Matagami, uh, city of Matagami. Uh, we have demonstrated there is a multi-million uh, potential deposit on the, uh, on the Fenelon Gold system. Uh, but along the way, we've also started some exploration regionally in order to uh, to explore on the uh, Martiniego system that was owned by Balmoral Resources. Our plan is to come up with our uh, maiden um, mineral resource estimate on the Fenelon project by the end of September, which will also include a restated uh, mineral resource estimate on the Martinier project. Uh, we are uh, looking forward to that and uh, and hoping to be able to provide you with an update on the company today. Fantastic, Mars. Lovely to have you back here. When you when were you here? February, sometime around. I think it was then, February it? this year. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so it's been a while since we spoke. You've been um, quite quite busy, uh, but your shares have been gliding downwards. So, are shareholders happy at the moment? Well, I hope they are. January of twenty nineteen, our share price was about sixteen cents. If someone told me or any investor saying in about two and a half years I'm going to give you sixty or seventy cents to your sixteen cents, uh, I'd be I'll be handing them the money today. So, so in terms of value creation, we think we have. Now, sometimes along the way with the project, depending on the stage of the project, there are fluctuations in the share price, and sometimes the market gets ahead of itself for an exploration company to be perhaps close to a billion and something when they haven't really got the resource estimate. We certainly know that we 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 will get there. The patients will be patient will be rewarded. However, we have to understand that the value creation has been there and will continue to, to, to be there, especially when you've demonstrated the large gold system at our Fenelon project, as well as the organic growth along this entire underexplored belt. Do you think, are you, trying, are you trying to tell me that the market got ahead of itself in terms of what they saw in your I, company? I think so. And that's typical of, of, the, of the investors uh, that certainly see ahead of the company or where the company's project is. Like I said, there's no reason in, in our belief that it wouldn't get there and more. It's just that along the way, sometimes it just gets a little further than what it, where it should have been. And we see that in a lot of exploration, partly because of maybe, maybe the speculation factor or, 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 or promotional factor. We've always been, uh, you know, we've always been trying to make sure that we deliver what we promise or more. And, and that's probably the difference between us and, and, and ours, others. But more importantly, it's the stage of the project. It, it's, you know, uh, 2019 and 2020, we had a lot of good, uh, uh, fantastic results coming out. Today, we have the same fantastic results. But it's, it, it, you know, when you have a surprise and another surprise, the surprise is no longer a surprise. It's just known. <laughs> so, so that's probably why there is a bit of a depression in the share price as well. So what's it going to take to move the dial then? I think the, the maiden resource, first of all, but more importantly, to demonstrate that there is legs to that original maiden resource that it can continue being updated and, and, and grow in it. And more importantly, the regional exploration we're hoping we're hoping that that also demonstrates other gold systems, which already has one at uh, Martinier, 
but we're also drilling on Casol property where we optioned from Midland. Kirken Lake Gold is going to start a program in a, in a few weeks on the D2 East that they optioned from us. So this entire belt hasn't really seen a lot of exploration. So we certainly see that's what's going to take for the share price to continue going up. Okay, you're getting a lot of advice from uh, retail. Um, from what we can say, certainly about some of the questions sent in about how you need to run this company. So I wouldn't mind exploring some of the some of those suggestions. Okay, um, and I'm being, not being facetious uh, or, or glib here, but these are questions that people are. Uh, so these are topics that people are talking about, and I'd like you to address them if you don't mind. Let's start with nickel, for instance. Why why haven't you monetized the nickel? The nickel price has gone through the roof. First of all, we're an exploration company. The nickel price for the project would be years from now before it's put into production. So, so to be honest with you, as an exploration company, the metal price factor plays a small factor. Of course, there's a speculation factor. You know, today, for example, gold price has gone down close to about $30. So you certainly see a lot of pressure, even on the junior exploration companies that haven't even, aren't even close to production. But in terms of the nickel asset, we had, the, you know, on our May 12 press release, we, we explained why it had taken so long, because partly because we were dealing with Sibani Stillwater with a project that was in Sudbury. But we realized after the Balmoral acquisition that the Grasset itself is, is one of the largest um, higher grade nickel deposit that's not owned by a major. So to spin that out, you want to make sure you're doing it right. You know, we've always said that Wabish wants to focus on its gold assets, especially along this entire D2 on gold track. And we want to make sure we spin that out or somehow get, get, get value from it by not diluting our shareholders today. So to do that, you don't want to hand this to some group that is not capable of getting value for it because you're actually better off just sitting on it and rather than giving somebody that's going to lose value. So, so that was important for us. The management team and the group that needs to do that is key, key. And not a promotional group, but because we know the project is marquee, it's good. So you better make sure you have the same marquee management. Team. Second part about it is the fact that we have a lot of interest from various groups, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we get the best valuation. So those take long. And at the same time, you know, if you want to give that as a dividend to your shareholders, there's tax implications that need to be reviewed. There is the paid up capital and all of that. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands in the background, there's a lot of work that's being done on the nickel asset uh, spin outs and, and, and getting value for it. It just takes more time because we are doing that on behalf of our shareholders to get their best value. Right. So you're saying it's, it's about timing, valuation, picking the right partner, potential partner. I can see why people get excited about it because you know nickel's gone gone through the roof, and you know statements from BHP about uh, you know nickel demand going up five hundred times over the next decade. It, it's it gets people going, but is there no way you could have worked out some monetization event here? Because the last time you raised money was sort of back in April, twenty million bucks, I, I think it was. Are you good for cash? We're pretty good for cash. Uh, I think uh, I think in the uh, in the uh, financial statements we. Uh, that was, that was released for the uh, first quarter. We already demonstrated what we have, but today we're sitting at close to about $70 million Canadian. By the end of the year, we'll be sitting close to about between 30 and $40 million right. in the treasury. Certainly this year is well-funded and well into the next year. So, so the issue in here is not, it, it, it's not about the cash position, but more importantly, it's about making sure we get more value for what you already have. Look, for us to go ahead and start drilling on, on Grasset for nickel, where most of our shareholders today, most of our plans, we're laser focused to make sure we get the best value for the gold assets today. 
And, and this is the story that where Balmoral has. Balmoral, for many years, they had, the, they, had to challenge, they had the challenge of, do I go after gold or do I go after nickel? And every time the one metal price went up, they went after that metal instead of the other one. When you lose focus, that's where the market cap went from $200 million to $18 million. So this is exactly why we do not follow or knee-jerk based on metal prices. We have to need, you, have, you have to make the decisions based on the you know, we're here on behalf of the shareholders to get the best value. And we believe that we demonstrate what we tell the market, what we tell our shareholders. You just have to be uh, uh, accepting the fact that we're working on your behalf. Okay, so, well, it's okay for them to ask questions too, though, right? So, so but, but I think for, like, what I'm hearing is you're saying you don't need the money, so you don't need to knee-jerk rush into something. So it's not, it's not about that, and it is about creating... At some point, there, there could be a spin-out, or at some point, there could be some monetization event, but you'll choose when because you're not under any pressure. Is that, is that it? And more importantly, we are working on that. So, so the matter of choosing is... Uh, in the background today, we're probably well advanced into that into that value creation. The, whether you know, and I can't talk about whether it's a spin out, uh, you know, a sale, JV or whatnot. But we certainly are closer to it. It's just that it has taken that long, and it's going to take that process to make sure we get the best value. Okay, another area. So I'm dealing with these sort of outliers, but and we'll come to Fenelon, I promise. Okay, but I just want to deal with some of these outlier conversations and narratives going on, and give you a fair chance to respond to. So yeah. Kirkland Lake, the relationship share. Obviously, they're a shareholder. Spots a shareholder. Um, they they operate near you. What what is the relationship? Do they have any say input? Or do they drive your decision making, your strategy, or, or your, you know, where are you going to spend your time, money, and efforts? No, the answer is no. But let me explain even more, you know, more in detail. We were looking for a strategic partner back in 2019. We always had said that we're looking for a strategic partner. Kirkland Lake was the one who wanted to, you know, be our shareholder, and they've been a 9.9 percent .9 shareholder. They've been a very supportive shareholder. They have a director on our board, but there's a, you know, we all know that. Uh, when you're a director of a company, all your interests are on behalf of the company that you're directors. Uh, and, and, you know, any information that's there cannot be gained by, you know, by you for, for the benefit of the other company. Tony McCooch is a, one of our directors, one of the eight directors that are on our board. So, so from that point of view, he has no more control than any other director on the board. Tony does not get involved in the day-to-day -day operation. I'm the one who's, who's in charge. And in terms of the relationship with uh, with uh, with Kirkland, of course the relationship has got to be good. You've got you've got a 9.9 percent shareholder. We also have a very good relationship with Eric Sproul. We also have a very good relationship with, uh, with some of our larger shareholders that aren't over 10 percent, but we know who they are. So, so from that point of view, uh, there is no magic, um, you know, relationship or, or or a personal relationship that is going to affect the way we operate the company. My job and my board of directors' job is to uh, work on behalf of the shareholders to get the best, they have the best interest of our shareholders. And I know that there is a lot of talk about, you know, whether Kirkland is gonna take the company cheap because where they are or they have a plan. Believe it or not, the last thing we wanna do is give the company at a cheaper price because we're also shareholders of the company. You know, so, so from that point of view, I wanna assure everyone that Kirkland is one of those shareholders, 9.9%, but believe it or not, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this because it's very obvious that a project like Fenelon in Warbridge as a whole in terms of our, what our assets are, it's in the eyes of just about every major gold company. So, so as a result, I mean, from our point of view, Kirkland is just one interested party that's there. 
And, but there is a lot of other interests that could potentially be at Paras Greeno at 9.9 or less because they don't have to report that either. So, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands from our point of view. And, and, and major companies, if they didn't look at a project like Warbridge's at Fenelon, they'd be, you know, they, they're not doing their job because here's a project in the right, right jurisdiction with the right assets and uh, with the right plans and, and a good management team. Uh, so from their point of view, again, there's a lot of interest and we're, you know, from our point of view, we're going to carry out this project, trying to get it to the next stage and keep developing this project. And I've always said that if along the way, someone taps on my shoulder or our board of directors says, I got a better plan for your shareholders, we certainly do this. Okay. You raised the money at a, at a, at a premium, certainly it was over a buck um, anyway, and compared to today's price that, you know, I'm not so sure. I'd be too happy with things as they are, um, or are they? Did they did they knowingly, willingly walk in and pay that price based on what they're seeing six months out, a year out, or um, do you think they're going to be saying they're slightly upset? No, and I'll tell you why. First of all, the, the last two bought deal financings that we did uh, in the in November of last year or October of last year, we did a bot financing of close to about, uh, I have to, I have the record in here, and I just want to make sure it was 63 million uh, Canadian or 63 and change Canadian. And uh, the majority of the investors in that was in institutionals. In fact, our institutional shareholding left, uh, went from 4.3% to over 13% as a result of that one. And that was at the dollar 15. Institutional investors know what they're investing in. They understand what the project can be. Not today. Again, we talked about we talked about people getting ahead of themselves, but institutionals know what they're getting into. So, so they have a due diligence done. They know it. They see the project. They see the potential and everything else. One. The last financing that we did was a flow-through financing at a premium. And that flow-through financing was backed, backstopped by some other institutions again. And Kirkland, obviously, and at each of these uh, successive rounds, they have made kept their pro rata. Again, we increased our institutional shareholding even in the last financing that was done in, in April of this year. And those were all at the premium, but the, it was a premium that they were willing to pay at the time for what they see in the project. What are you doing to ensure that someone like Kirkland like, doesn't walk in here and buy this cheap? Where's the competitive tension coming from? Well, can you do anything until this uh, maiden resource comes out? Well, first of all, I mean, we're getting closer to the to the delivery of the maiden resource. So we certainly are even going to read. What's the date the of that again? What's the date of that? About end of September. We're, we're looking at probably September 30th because we want to maximize the resource, the maiden resource. So you always want to make sure even your last hole and the last assay is in there. So we've always said that, and you know, in Q3, but we're probably going to be on the 12th hour of September 30th to get that delivered, partly because we want to make sure everything that that we can put into that because the project doesn't stop. We, you know, are drilling for the, our drilling for the for the maiden resource today is cut off in terms of the timeline because we see how your asset is coming. But believe it or not, the project is going to continue to grow because we haven't stopped it. We're just going to continue the drilling on that. And the next update to that resource is just going to show that it's going to grow more. So 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 from that point of view, it would be end of September. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll be doing that. But the, back to the question about the competitive tension, what conversations can you have to ensure that there are 
different people vying for it, looking at your project with a view to maybe just investing for now or, or maybe coming in as a joint venture partner or maybe somehow monetizing it for you? Yeah, good question. And I'll tell you right now, what we do is we continue to meet with not only institutional investors, there's a lot of corporate groups that want to meet with us. We, we definitely have, have met with a lot of the corporate groups talking about the projects and talking about the you know, the, 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 where, where we are. And obviously it's all from public information at, uh, at the initial stages, but certainly that's a, kind of a, uh, that's, a, that's a kind of a meeting that you would have on top of your disclosures that you have on top of the, you know, we have interviews like I have, I'm having with you. We also have it with, uh, you know, with other groups that are followed by institutional uh, shareholders. We have uh, increased our uh, coverage in terms of analyst coverage. We now have four analysts, BMO, uh, you know, Paradigm, uh, Eight Capital, as well as Cormark, those are the four analysts that are covering the company, and we're hoping that we can increase that. But obviously, as we when we come up with the maiden resource, we certainly are going to see more analyst coverage because that's some of them have certain certain criteria in order to, you know to to initiate coverage. The management team don't seem to be buying many shares themselves. Why is that? Well, investment is a personal uh, uh, decision that people make. I can only speak on behalf of myself. I certainly purchased over the past few months, and uh, you know. We take opportunities when we can, but remember, at the end of the day, we're also employees more than anything else. So, you also, you know, from an investment point of view, I want to make sure that it's within my means in order to be able to do that. Okay. Um, just finish on Kirkland. A question sent in: Do you happen to know if Kirkland Lake or Drilling on Detour East property? Yeah. So, so I think we, I believe that in one of our disclosures, we mentioned that Kirkland is planning to do a program this year in in the summer. Uh, I believe that within the next few weeks, they're going to start drilling. The preparation work has been done. So, so the, the, the drilling program is going to start sometime in a few weeks. And uh, we are hoping that it'll be finished before the fall start of the fall. So, so, so that's, that's basically, there hasn't been any drilling done yet. So. Okay. Can you just give just give us your thoughts, just generally in the in the in the province, like well, in the region, just generally, you've made an acquisition. We've seen a few acquisitions made this this year. Some of the big boys are going in hard. BHP uh, buying um, nickel project yeah. recently, and exactly Narant. Um, money's getting splashed out because people made money last year. So, are you expecting to see more? Well, I think so. I think if, if they don't, because remember, at the end of the day, Matt, I haven't seen any of these major companies coming up with major fines, but they do they do produce anywhere between a million to five million ounces or seven million ounces every every year. That has to be replenished. <laughs> and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, if they don't do it, they're they're basically destroying value for their shareholders. So, so they've got to do something. Okay. And, so, so, yeah. The, yeah. So, so, so you, your view is that there probably will be some more coming through this year. You're not necessarily vying to be one of those uh, targets, though. Well, I never said that. As far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, I've said that before and I continue to say it. We carry out developing the project to its ultimate stage of production. If along the way someone taps on my shoulder or our board of directors saying, I got a better plan for your shareholders, we're, we're certainly there to listen. But at the end of the day, remember, every one of our shareholders, whether it's Eric Sprott or whether it's other shareholders, they're invested in Warbridge because they saw a certain value in it. And we see that same certain value, so we certainly aren't going to sell it for cheap. We've seen a couple of um, companies list down in the US. To do that, share price needs to be at a certain level. Have you got one, any view on doing either rollback now or listing elsewhere to just try and get, open up that North American market in a meaningful way? Look, at the end of the day, trading, trading in the US for retail, US retail shareholders is important. 
We understand it. And I think that's one of the reasons we are working on perhaps maybe being on the uh, OTC US uh, uh, so, so we, we can. But in terms of being on the, on the NASDAQ or any of those, from our point of view today, we don't see the need. But remember, at the end of the day, as the project progresses, uh, we always, we always it's, a, it's a fit for purpose act, actions that we do. It's no different than how we build our team together, you know, uh, you know adding to that this team. As the project grows, uh, the company gets to a certain stage, made in resources come out, so then you get into economic studies. Maybe we see that opportunity for us to be able to actually trade, maybe even on the London Metal Exchange, much like some other companies have started. I wouldn't want to do that, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So from that point of view, for sure. Okay, and but and the consolidation component in terms of consolidation, Matt. I mean, it, it's something that we've always evaluated uh, today. Uh, we don't see a need. It has to have an impetus for it. From my point of view, you invest in the company because of the projects they have, the management, the, the prospects of it going up. And that number of shares doesn't matter, the market capitalization of the company. So, so in fact, somebody said, I don't know why they have, you know, I, I, I do remember one person particularly saying that, how come the share price is this? This other company's share price is $3. <laughs> and I'm trying to understand, you know, so, so, so it's got nothing to do with the share price. Or the number of shares is the valuation of the companies. Okay. Um, well, well, let's. We said we'd kind of get onto it with regards to um, this maiden resource. You know, Fenelon is the flagship. I appreciate the the acquisition and and, and the fact you've got three targets, a uh, three well, effectively three discoveries now. Um, what what are you doing in terms of the drilling specifically? Because there's a bit of infilling in terms of for the resource component, but then there's also the exploration component, and also you know trying to understand the the extent of what you've got. So. Yeah, I, I, so I read something about a twenty thousand meter drill program. But yeah. what, what else? We is actually going had, on? A press, we had a press release. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was yesterday, actually. But what what we said at the beginning of the year and in May twelve update was that the first half of the year we were going to focus on you know maximizing the maiden resource because we we believe that if we didn't come up with the resource and carried out drilling, market wouldn't know the potential for this. You know, at, at least the starting point of it and growing. So, so it certainly wanted to focus on that. So in the second half of the year, our focus is twofold. One is to still extend the mineralization at Fenelon itself. Because remember, when we purchased the Fenelon property, it was only a 10 square kilometer. With the Balmoral acquisition, that same property is at about 90 square kilometers. So, and it, it's showing that there's 1.8 kilometers of that mineralized system that we need to follow up on. So that's the first fold part of it. The second fold is in fact the regional exploration. So, so we have, Today, we have a drill that is at Martinier, following up on the mineral resource that originally was done by Balmoral, but most of the higher grade really never was followed up because it was deeper. The second part is the, the, you know, the Cassot project. So, so we kind of have dedicated about two drills on the regional exploration for the balance of the year. Uh, about uh, one or two drills will still continue to do the infill drilling to convert whatever we're going to have from one category to another at the Fenelon Maiden Resource, but the balance of the drills, anywhere between four to six drills, underground and on surface, will continue to do regional exploration around Fenelon. Because remember, at the end of the day, Matt, a Maiden Resource will come out. But we, if we can demonstrate, and we will demonstrate that it continues to grow, we need to put drills on that to carry it out to, to, the, to the potential size of it. Right, so what, what exactly is going to be included in, in the research? I know you want to load everything in that you possibly can. That of course you do. But you've, you've got to kind of set, like, you set market expectations with that first number, right? Even if you right. talk about 
exp expansion, extensions, etc. And you know th that sets the tone. So, have you said anything to the market in terms of the quantum that you would like to be announcing come 30th of September? Yeah, for the past year and a half, we've been saying that it's a multi-million ounce deposit, and we believe in it, and, and we believe we all delivered it. There's there's no doubt in my mind. But uh, right. But so, so what what does that what does that mean? Multi-million? Okay, it doesn't mean one million. It could mean two, it could mean three, it could mean four. So you can't give us any sense of what, I, I know you don't want to overstate or overpromise because that would be a death knell, right? But right. are you happy with the drill results that you've seen and happy with the numbers that are going into the resource? Are you going to be able to deliver multi-million ounce? Yes, yes, and yes. So, so I'm happy with the results. I'm happy with all of the information that's coming in, and I'm very happy with what we're going to be delivering to the market. Uh, now, the market has different expectations, which we don't know. I mean, some analysts coverage different, different numbers from X to X. Our job is to make sure we don't disappoint the current expectation, and we don't believe we will. So on the on the question of what's what's going to be in there, uh, are, is there a cutoff okay. date, or are you okay. working right up to the last day? I mean, how does it work? So, so in terms of drilling, we have completed the the, the drilling portion of well, that we are still continue to drill, but but we sort of cut off because we're sort of seeing the, the time to deliver the assays from the existing holes that we've got to be able to be incorporating into the resource estimate that's going to be coming out in the September. So, so that part is done. Uh, we think that, you know, yesterday's press release did talk about a one kilometer by 1.2 kilometer sort of area that we are going to incorporate into the beta resource down to about a thousand meters. And laterally, obviously we had, a, you know, our figure, first figure of a press release yesterday essentially showed just the underground Tabasco Cayenne zones that you see this sort of a large, a mineralized environment of more than two grams, which is basically the whole picture. Uh, and then within that, it says the higher grade shoot of Tabasco Cayenne. That's basically where be, that area is going to be where the mineral resource is going to be in. But that's only on the underground portion. The surface portion, as well as the area 51, both surface and underground, will also be incorporated into the main resource. And also our Gabro zones is going to be incorporated. So it's going to be a combination of underground as well as open pitable resource. Of course, there is no geologic reason where the open pit stops and where the underground starts. It's more of an economic component of that. And that's why the, you know, the qualified persons and the independent consultants take a look. You know, how far can they push the near surface material down and they consider that to be an open pitable resource and then anything below that would be the underground type resource. Okay, so all the assays from the, the drills that you're gonna be using for the main resource are, are uh, published, they're out? Or is there no. some, you got more to come? Sorry, I, oh, I missed that bit. Absolutely. So, so, to, so remember, I think we cut off the drilling would be sometime, say, end of July. Uh, everything that we've done to the end of July will be incorporated into the MR, you know, give or take a few days or, you know, a couple of holes. Uh, so anything to the end of July, but we're still waiting for a number of those assays. And believe it or not, one of the other reasons is that the assay labs these days, over the past few months, over the past two to three months, have really, really slowed down in terms of the delivery of the assay results. And it's not just typical for us, it's typical for the entire industry. I've talked to a lot of people and the, 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 the delivery, the assay time deliveries have increased by threefold in terms of, you know, back in the day when you could get it in four weeks, sometimes now it's more than 12 weeks. So, so, so we need to 
you know, we have recognized that, and that's one of the reasons we hired three labs. That's one of the reasons we, we sort of anticipated that that was going to happen. And that's one of the reasons now we have selected a couple of these labs. They understand our timeline with respect to what we just said about end of July delivery of those, those dates. So, so we may, uh, you know, we may have a slowdown on some of the results from other areas to make sure that we get the assay labs to work on the drill holes that we need for the maiden results. Okay. Yeah, no, we're hearing that. We're hearing that a lot. Somewhere between eight and 12 weeks seems to be the, yeah. the average time frame from, yeah. I think people saying between 10 and 14 days previously. So yeah. Okay. Um, just with, and with, with regards to, with regards to, um, so you'll put, you'll put releases out about those assay results as, as and when. So people can start maybe thinking about what, what, what this could look like. But 30th of September, you will announce it to, to the marketplace. Understood. With regards to um, this 20,000 meter drill programming, I mean, you've clearly got money to do that. Is that, when's that take you through? Is it end of the year or end, end of, se well, end of season? Well, first of all, uh, we, we carry on. We think that it's going to carry out to the end of the year and it's 20,000 estimate, but we certainly, you know, if there is time to do 30,000 meters, we're going to do that because we certainly see that potential on, on our regional exploration. I mean, just the Martinique alone can actually have more drills. We just, we just want to make sure that we, we maximize the, the, and we prioritize all of our properties. So, so certainly that drilling is going to, you know, we said we're going to do about 170,000 meters uh, this year. We, you know, plus or minus maybe 10,000 meters. We're going to be carrying it, carrying that out. Now, um, like I said, in the second half, the majority of the focus is going to be on more of a, regional exploration, as well as more expansion drilling rather than trying to do infill drilling uh, at Fenelon. So even at Fenelon, we're going to have these, you know, back in the day for the, you know, we used to do 100, 150 meter step out for the gold system. For the infill drilling, we just, you know, we went back to 50 to 75 meters. So, so the balance of this year, we're going to go back to those, high, you know, 150, 100, 200 meters because we know the gold system is there. So you're going to identify those and then that is sets you up for next year's exploration program to be able to do the infill drilling for the expansion of your initial maiden resource. Okay, um, understand that. Um, question again, a fantastic audience you've got. Um, you know, sending questions in, but the, some concerns over the small scale permit, for instance. Why did you not go ahead with that? That's a great question. It's a question that keeps coming up and we try to explain it as much as, as best as we can. But let me just put it in a very simple, plain language. We had applied for the small scale permit of about five to 600 tons a day, roughly about a 30 to 40,000 ounce production per year. Back when we hadn't even understood the larger project because we just discovered this area 51 and the lower Tabasco. We didn't have an idea at the time of the size potential. As we continued drilling on those, and we've continued to see the sheer size of this multi-million ounce potential deposit, the GABRO production would be uh, at this advantage to the shareholders and to the company to do. And let me explain that why. Let's just say that you were producing 30 to 40,000 ounces a year. Supposing that, you know, because initial capital and everything else, you may have produced maybe five to six hundred dollars um, an ounce free cash flow. From those, you're generating maybe 20 million ounces. The after-tax value of that is 10 to 12 million dollars. The project today is requiring 50 to 60 million dollars of exploration. But the minute you're a producer, even as one ounce producer, you no longer are eligible to, to offer flow-through shares for the same deposits or in the same vicinity area, correct? So, so 
as you notice, the last financing that we did was close to 60% premium. So if you need $60 million and you were only producing 10 or 12, but you need to dilute the shareholders for that 40 to $50 million still at perhaps at the market price or even at the discount to your share price. Whereas if you didn't produce that 10 or 12 million, you're going to get a 50 to 60% premium. So it's less dilutive to our shareholders to not do that small scale pro pro project and operation because of the larger project. Because you are now talking, instead of 30,000 ounces, you might be looking at a 300 to 400,000 ounces a year production. So, so, so do you want to jeopardize the larger project for the sake of creating 10 or $12 million free cash flow? And that's exactly the reasons why our board of directors, our management, we thought very hard about it because we delivered that to the market. That's what we were going to do. But when you really look at it, we're here for the best interest of all of our shareholders. And that was in their best interest to do so. Okay. So you thought about it. It was more expensive, possibly distracting and possibly damaging to, well, the risk profile of future success. More diluted. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Understood. Uh, so, so, you know, if you have done bulk samples, you have made it. You got a bit of revenue from that, didn't you? I used to do a bunch well, of look, those little little tricks. I've been in this business long enough to understand box samples aren't meant to generate profit. Box samples are actually more costly than profit making. Oh. In our case, we although we did make a profit, we put that into the infrastructure that we currently are using as our exploration drift going in and trying to do the underground drill. So yes, the box sample was successful in that it actually left us with a pretty good infrastructure to 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 do. But by the way. You can't keep going to the government saying, I want to do another bulk sample because, because you're not getting that kind of a permit because bulk samples are meant to be testing something, but you can't continue to test. Otherwise, everybody would have been doing that and circumventing the entire ESA and you know, environmental process. Okay. I know. It was a cheeky, it was a cheeky question, but uh, yeah, and very, very cheeky if you, if you, if you did uh, try and get away with it. Um, exactly. <laughs> okay. So look, um, I, I buy what you said at the beginning with regards to share price in the context of the last two and a half years has, has grown. Maybe the market did get ahead of itself uh, slightly there. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, you've, you've got a program now to deliver by um, September 30th. That is gonna be a defining moment for you. And you're telling me that you are what, quiet, quietly optimistic, cautiously optimistic is the phrase, about what you're gonna be able to present to, to the market. Yeah, I think, I think like I said, I have no reason to believe that our multi-million ounce deposit is not going to be a multi-million ounce deposit. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.